stocks, bonds, ETFs, straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge. Welcome to Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. I'm your host, Tracy Reinick, and this week I'm joined by Zach's Director of ETF Research, Nina Mishra, to talk about what are the hottest ETFs here in 2020. I had some guesses kind of going into this podcast what might be hot because we all kind of know, right? But what is really going on out there? I was kind of surprised at the list of what was hot in the first half of the year. And I know some of the things that are bubbling up and maybe gonna be on the second half of the year list here, Nina. Um, But I guess nobody should really be surprised that with tech kind of leading the way here, the the QQQs are still like super popular. They were popular when they launched that ETF like way back in the day during the dot-com boom. We all owned it and I feel like it's making a comeback here. It's it's the one to own for 2020. Right. Hi, hi, Tracy. Thanks for having me on. Uh, so the first half has been very interesting, and that's an oh. understatement. <laughs> yes, we saw some very interesting uh, trends in the ETF world. And talking about inflows, uh, you know, bond ETFs got a lot of inflows, uh, which was pretty interesting. And that trend we have seen last year to bond ETFs attracted a lot of money. And this year, you know, we bond ETFs got a lot of money from institutional investors like uh, uh, insurance companies. And then there were some investors who were trying to front run the Fed uh, when they announced that they would be buying corporate bond ETFs. So we saw a lot of inflows into corporate bond ETFs before the Fed. But in general, Bond ETFs have been pretty uh, attractive uh, to investors this yeah. uh, this year so far. Then commodity ETFs got a lot of new money, and that is because gold has been so hot. Gold is up about 27% this year, and of late, silver has been doing so well. So oh. gold ETFs attracted a lot of inflows in the past three, four weeks. Silver ETFs have also got a, gotten a lot of new money. And then a lot of investors, particularly Robinhood investors, they have been pouring a lot of money into oil ETFs. They have been betting on oil rebound and particularly leverage oil ETFs like Gush, UCO, NRGU. They are pretty popular on the Robinhood platform. Uh, But as you mentioned, QQQ has been hot this year. It is number five on the leaderboard in terms of, you know, asset gathering. And that trend we have seen in the past few years, because technology is the best performing sector this year. Uh, Technology was the best performing sector last year. It has been the best performing sector over the past 10 years. And QQQ the Nasdaq index has significantly outperformed the S&P 500 and the Dow uh, over the past 10 years and this year as well because of its exposure to big tech. Now, another reason why QQQ is very popular with investors because this provides exposure to all those hot banks, Microsoft, all those hot stocks, whereas the technology sectors 
uh, uh, ETFs, um, the most popular technology sector ETFs like XLK and BGT, they do not own Amazon because Amazon is, is in the consumer discretionary sector. Yeah. They do not uh, own Netflix. They do not own Facebook. They do not own Google because Facebook, Google, Netflix, they went to the uh, communication services sector two years back because there was a reorganization. So that is why QQQ is now the best ETF in my view to own all big tech. So that is why it has been very popular uh, with investors. Uh, so those are some of the interesting trends uh, we saw. But, uh, you know, as you mentioned, things may change in the later half of the year. We will see. Yeah, I was surprised to see, but I shouldn't be because I knew everybody was trading in it. That U.S. oil fund, USO, was at number nine for the first half of the year. But it seems to me like that trade is kind of over because I did take a look at the gush too that you mentioned earlier. Now I, I wrote in my notes here, scary next to the gush sticker <laughs> because that's the S and P oil and gas EMP bull two times. So this mm-hmm. owns the EMPs and mm-hmm. they have, they've really rebounded off of those March lows but they haven't done anything in the last couple months. So I'm wondering if people are just like, they played that trade and now they've abandoned out of there. I saw in June that Gush was up. It spiked 107% in June when all those EMPs were spiking up there. But that, like I said, they've kind of just, they've died now. They, they're not going down, but they just kind of flatlined. So I would think that the Robinhood traders might be out of that one. But the U.S. oil fund, USO, was the popular way, or I guess still is, to play the change in the oil, the crude prices. Uh, Yes, it is surprising that oil ETFs and leverage oil ETFs also, they still remain popular on the Robinhood platform, but they have come down uh, on the leaderboard a little bit because this rebound seems to be over. Another ETF, which which was very popular with Robinhood, traders was jets which is the airline etf and that's the only airline etf whereas in case of oil you have these num- a number of choices available you can bet on unleveraged enp you can bet on etfs that track the commodity using futures and you have a choice of leveraged etfs too so so many choices available in case of airline when the economies started reopening a lot of people were betting on the airlines rebound so jets yeah. was really popular it got like a billion dollar and then flows within a few weeks wow. but i have seen that because you know most states have you know pared back their reopening plans they yeah. some of them have started reclosing some parts of the economies like the bars and you know, in indoor dining. So and uh, airline travel, which had picked up a little bit, has come down again. So Jets yeah. is not so popular with Robinhood traders now. And uh, in fact, That's... when Jets was really popular, people started talking, oh, Warren Buffett and, uh, sold airlines right. at the wrong time. And we are better than him than in terms of investing. And probably he was right in the longer term. You never know. Right. He'll he'll likely have the last laugh, I have a feeling. Right. right. <laughs> okay, so I know in a lot of the podcasts that we have done about like the ETF world and the hot ones, 
we have covered the cannabis ETFs in the past. And how is that doing this year? Because I know a lot of the cannabis stocks have fallen down, but maybe not so much like, you know, the full-fledged ETF. And I know we've talked about the Alternative Harvest ETF, the MJ, as being one of the cannabis ETFs. And um, I see year-to-date it's down 19.5, but are people still diving into that one? Or where where does cannabis fit in, in this year? Uh, so surprisingly, cannabis ETF also remains popular on Robinhood uh, platform, and uh, it is you know one of uh, those you can see on the leaderboard. And uh, cannabis kind of rebounded uh, from its March lows for some time, but then it has remained flattish uh, since June or something. And the MJ is the only cannabis ETF which has probably managed to gather some assets uh, uh, and uh, managed to remain popular. And there are many other cannabis ETFs which are available to investors. And uh, most of them, uh, they launched last year. And uh, because uh, cannabis was down so much last year, so that is why they launched and they failed to gather assets. And they are kind of still struggling to gather assets and gain any investor. Uh, favor. Uh, it's just because uh, MJ was the first one, so it got first movers advantage and it just yeah. remains popular and well known. So that is why traders uh, who are still betting on cannabis, they they like MJ, but not other cannabis ETFs. Okay. And just for anybody out there who is considering getting into MJ, the biggest holding is GW Pharmaceuticals which is has a cannabis-based drug for epilepsy in children, that's the biggest holding at 10.7%. So you're not necessarily going to only own the growers or things like that in that, in that ETF. Um, okay, so let's move on to some of the kind of interesting ones that are launching here in 2020 because there's certainly... There's never a dull moment on the ETF side. They always come up with like the most clever kind of, you know, timely, trendy ETFs that you can be buying out there. And I know you gave me a couple names before we went into this podcast. So I did think they were interesting. So let's start with this one that's on sports betting and iGaming, this Round Hill ETF, B-E-T-Z, good ticker again, is the ticker. But this, this one just launched, right? Yes, this has been one of the successful, very successful launches of uh, this year. So it just launched and it already has about 88 million in assets. It launched uh, in June, uh, so less than two months old and already 88 million in assets. That's pretty good. And uh, that is because this is the first and only sports betting ETF available uh, to investors and uh, you know when uh, sports physical sports are slowly returning without uh, without fans of course uh, so probably we will have more betting on sports so that is why investors have been putting money into the CTF and this is also very popular with younger uh, newbie investors on Robinhood platform and now this company uh, Roundhill also has a video gaming ETF and that uh, 
despite very good performance, uh, did not uh, manage to gather a lot of assets. That is because video gaming already had three ETFs in this space. Uh, so the, the video gaming ETF, which also has a very good ticker symbol, NERD, uh, that uh, is one of the cheapest video gaming ETFs. And that managed to gather just about 31 million in assets, though that has been around more than a year compared to bets. So it's just uh, first movers advantage and sometimes something that just clicks with investors, people who have been at home and they want a way to invest um, in sorry, bet on sports, so they probably like liked bets. And it be, be, its launch was pretty successful. Now I see some of its holdings. I took a look there just to, you know, figure out like what what are they putting in this? And they have DraftKings in there, Churchill Downs. But it looked like some of the names were ones I wasn't familiar with. Are these like foreign companies, like foreign betting companies, or do you know like what's? what's yeah, that? it has a lot, a lot of. Um, international exposure too. Uh, and the video gaming ETF and sports betting ETF, both, uh, they have a lot of international exposure because these are uh, international trends. There's a lot yeah. happening in other parts of the world. So that is why uh, you see a lot of international holdings that we do not recognize at all. Cool. So let's move on and talk about some of the coronavirus ETFs because, of course, there have to be some. And I know you've covered some of these on your own podcast with uh, the companies that are starting up some of these interesting ones. So the first one you were you sent me was Germ G E R M, which is the Treatments, Testing, and Advancements ETF. And this one, I took a look at what they owned. Novavax is their number one. Holding, they have Moderna in there, LabCorp, like the testing guys, obviously, because it says testing in there. So is is Germ the one you want to own to for the vaccine? Yes, Germ also has been very popular with the new investors in particular, and also it appears on Robinhood uh, leader leaderboard too. Very popular with the Robinhood traders, and it's an interesting ETF definitely um, because it invests in companies that are either developing tests or vaccines or therapeutics for the coronavirus and other infectious diseases yeah. too. And uh, this also launched uh, a little over a month back, and it has managed to gather almost 70 million in assets. Uh, pretty impressive in terms of asset gathering and pretty impressive performance too, because as you mentioned, Moderna and Novavax are its top holdings. And uh, those two shares have surged in the past few weeks because of some vaccine news, Moderna in particular, they announced that the experimental vaccine, the, the COVID-19 vaccine candidate is now entering the late stage trial and it may be available later this year. Uh, so Moderna shares have surged a lot. Uh, so this ETF, is a good way to invest in, uh, if you want to invest in vaccine uh, stocks, probably a better way is to use 
an ETF because those uh, all the companies that are developing these vaccines or uh, treatments for the coronavirus, very few, we know that very few of them are ultimately be going to be successful. Uh, right. Many of them will not make it to the market. Many may make it to the market, but many have also announced that they do not intend to profit uh, from any vaccine or treatment for this uh, coronavirus. And so, so this this is a very rapidly evolving area. So I think an ETF approach is better. But personally, I think a better way to invest in all these developments is using a broader biotech ETF. Okay. Like XBI, uh, which is equal weighted and has a lot of exposure to smaller mid cap sized biotech companies, or IBB, which is market cap weighted. So, whatever you want, uh, whatever you prefer. Uh, because, in general, you know, we will see a lot of spending on vaccines, therapeutics, and healthcare in general in the coming uh, months and years by governments, by investors. So why not just take advantage of all that and invest in a broader biotech ETF rather than just bet betting on, e on an ETF that invests in just coronavirus vaccines? Uh, because what if we get a vaccine later this year? I do not know how these stocks are going to perform next year it's really this there's a lot of uncertainty uh, so, so if you want to bet on virus stocks probably this is a better way but otherwise take a look at biotech ETFs in general okay and another one that is just launched that is uh, kind of trying to cash in on what's happening around the world right now is the work from home ETF WFH of course and I took a look at what was in this one because we can all kind of guess, right? Like Zoom video is going to be in there, Microsoft, like some of those. Um, they did say that they're, they look at global companies, so any kind of company that would be globally. But this seems like it's pretty wide uh, kind of cate categories, like almost, almost anything could kind of be in there other than like restaurants or hotels. Mm -hmm. uh, so this uh, ETF has also, this has been a successful launch. It okay. launched uh, uh, June 25th, and this also has almost 66 million in assets, and that is a very successful launch, I would say. Uh, pretty reasonably priced at 45 basis points for a thematic ETF. And uh, if you look at the strategy, uh, so it invests in four pillars, four technology pillars, and those four pillars are cloud computing, cybersecurity, online project management, online project and document management, and remote, remote communications. So in addition to all the very obvious companies like Zoom Video, Okta, uh, Twilio, you will also, and CrowdStrike, you will also see some companies that uh, we are not very familiar with. Uh, and uh, you will also get exposure to the big um, big tech companies like Amazon in the portfolio, but this, uh, this is an equally weighted ETF. So Amazon is not going to dominate the portfolio. Uh, it, Amazon is at 2.7% in the portfolio, but uh, I think work from home is a trend yeah. which is going to stay here for quite some time. You know, uh, 
Twitter and uh, Square, uh, they have already told their employees that they can work from home forever. Just yesterday, Google announced that the employees have a choice. We're working from home till July end next year. Facebook has said that many of us uh, employees will be working from home forever. So this is a trend uh, which is going to continue even after this crisis is over. So I think it's an interesting way to invest in those companies. But one thing which uh, I would like to add that uh, many of these companies uh, probably investors already own in either their technologies uh, or their software ETF or their cloud computing ETF because cloud cloud computing ETFs have been really popular this year. even before the CDF launched, there were other cloud computing ETFs, uh, pure play cloud computing ETFs that have done really well this year. And they have attracted a lot of inflows. Okay. Um, an area that I was kind of snooping around in that wasn't on any of the lists that you sent me for this podcast. Um, so I'm kind of curious, like, it, is it kind of like a hidden opportunity area or I don't know, um, nobody's caring about it right now, but that's the home builder ETFs. And those that like the last time the home builders were like super hot was in 2012 when they were the best performing sector on the S&P 500. So that's a lot of years ago now. That's eight years ago was the last time they were good. But um, there are a couple of those home builder ETFs that are out there. There's the XHB the Spider S&P home builders, and then there's that ITB, which is like the home construction one. But what is what's going on with the home builder ETFs? Or is no one does no one care right now, even though the home builders are super hot? Or is it? I don't know because we haven't mentioned it on this episode until right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, so that is uh, a bit surprising that uh, they have they don't get a lot of headlines despite yeah. uh, their impressive performance. But in t- looking at the assets, they have been able to gather good assets. In fact, uh, year to date, ITB has gathered up more than eight hundred million in assets, and XHB uh, has managed to gather about a little more than 200 million in assets. Uh, So yes, they are slowly gathering assets because housing continues to heat up with record low interest rates. And I hear this, the inventory is also very low in the housing market. So that is another reason why housing is doing so well. Housing home builders are so off. Hot, so I I expect them to you know pick up pace in terms of asset gathering uh, later this year if housing continues to be hot. Okay, um, just an FYI to anyone who's kind of interested in the housing side, both of those ETFs do own all the like retail housing retailers like Home Depot, Lowe's. Um, I see Sherwin Williams is in the ITB. And like Masco is in, they make kitchen cabinets and plum like faucets. They're in a couple of them too. So you're not only going to own the home builders in these, you're going to have like the whole home industry, but the whole home industry is super hot. So in in today's uh, climate, you want to own all of those if you're interested in like the home as a play on what's going on out there. Okay. We're going to 
wrap it up with one other area that we did mention at the top of the episode because it is among the hottest of the ETFs for the first half of the year. And I think it's really going to pick up in the second half based on uh, what's going on. But you mentioned it already. You mentioned the gold and then the silver. So I saw that the number three in, um, you know, it inflows was the Spider Gold Trust, the GLD. And I'm having a little bit of flashbacks to like during the housing bubble, because that's when a lot of these ETFs launched for the gold and the silver. The SLV is the silver one. And those hold the physical gold. And I bought those because I thought the housing bubble was going to blow up the U.S. economy, which it did, and that gold and silver would soar. And they did, but then it kind of petered out in the middle of the last decade and didn't do anything. So I like got out of all my positions and all of these. And I even owned a couple of the other ones that we should also talk about that I think are going to start to be very popular again as well. And those are the gold miner ETFs. There's those uh, Vanek Vectors gold miners. That's the GDX. And then there's the junior gold miners, GDXJ. Again, I'm having flashbacks because I owned both of those at one point, and now they seem to be back in favor again as as obviously gold and silver are surging here. So what's going on with, with the whole gold-silver ETF scene right now? Is it really, I mean, it looks like it's like that hot. Is it really that hot? Yeah, gold ETFs have gathered a lot of assets this year. And again, investors, first of all, investors tend to chase performance. So because gold has done <laughs> gold has done so well. So that is why they have been pouring a lot of money into gold ETFs. And in general, you know, there was a note from Goldman uh, this morning, I think. Uh, so everyone is talking about this unprecedented uh, monetary and fiscal stimulus all over the world uh, which is which has brought down the interest rates to such low level uh, so there is basically no opportunity cost for owning precious metals now uh, gold or silver because they do not yield anything and uh, there there is a belief because there is so much money in the system and raising interest rates uh, would be very difficult for central banks anytime soon so inflation is going to pick up sometime down the road, maybe next few months or after a year or so. Uh, and it would be, as I mentioned, uh, it would be difficult for central banks to raise interest rates to tame inflation. So uh, in that scenario, people have been buying gold. And silver is uh, another, you know, a little bit different in addition to being a safe haven. It has so many industrial uses. It is used in solar panels and the photovoltaic cells. And, uh, so it gets a lot of demand from China because China is the biggest solar market in the world. So with Chinese factories reopening, silver has really picked up over the last month or so, surged over 36% uh, uh, over the past month. So silver ETFs have attracted a lot of uh, inflows. And we have seen that dollar has weakened substantially in the past what, couple of weeks or so. So that also benefits gold and silver. And uh, we will see whether that trend continues. But I just wanted to add uh, that um, if you want to own gold, then there are cheaper ETFs available. 
with much less expense ratio than GLD. Okay. GLD is the first, it is the most popular gold ETF, but it charges 40 basis points. So if you are a trader and if you want to just trade in and, up, in and out of gold, uh, then GLD is your ETF because of its ex excellent liquidity. Uh, but if you want to own uh, gold in your portfolio over longer term, uh, because of the reasons that we discussed, and if you think gold deserves a place in your portfolio because of its diversification benefits, then there are a couple of gold ETFs, uh, which, in fact, two, three gold ETFs, which are much cheaper. Uh, there is a mini version of GLD, which was launched by State Street. It is uh, the ticker symbol is GLDM, which charges just 18 basis points. And that also has uh, more than 3 billion in assets, pretty liquid, not as liquid as GLD though. Uh, that is very good for long-term uh, investors. Uh, and there is SGOL, which charges 17 basis points, and there is bar, uh, which also charges about 18 basis points. So those are good tickers for investors who want to own gold for the longer term. Uh, for silver, there is not a lot of choice available because obviously silver is not as popular. and It had underperformed gold over the last many years. SLV charges uh, 50 basis points. There is a cheaper ETF available, which has less liquidity than SLV. The ticker symbol is SIVR, silver. It charges 30 basis points. So again, if you want to invest in silver for longer term, then SIVR is uh, your ETF. Uh, but silver, investors should remember, is much more volatile than gold. It is not exactly a safe haven asset, though it has partial safe haven qualities too. What was the first one of the cheaper, the gold ones, GLD? What was the final letter? Was was that M? GL yes, GLDM, mini, mini version of okay. GLD. Okay, I see. I'm like, why did so, it M? I see. So it is called mini uh, for two reasons. GLD uh, tracks one-tenth an ounce of gold, okay. and this tracks one-hundredth an ounce of gold. So okay. if you want to invest smaller amounts at a time, then uh, it this G, you can look at GLDM. And then in terms of expense ratio to GLD is 40 basis points, and GLDM is 18 basis points. Okay. Okay. Um, and then the gold miners, I do want to warn people that you are buying businesses there. You're actually buying the gold miner businesses. So all the things that apply to businesses apply for those ETFs in terms of, you know, labor issues, weather issues, you know, geopolitics issues. There's all these things that go on with the actual miners, they have to get it out of the ground. And so that's a little different than owning the physical metal, which is what these other ones you were just talking about, Nina. Um, but a lot of people do like the gold miners because when the price of the underlying commodity, just like the exploration and production companies on the oil side, they will see higher earnings um, off of those prices. So uh, again, the GDX is the bigger gold miners and the biggest position in that one right now is Newmont at 13.6% and then 
Barrick is at 13.2. The junior one tends to be more, much more volatile because the companies are smaller in there and it owns a lot of silver miners. And so just be aware right now, nobody cares. That's probably a good thing right now, but there just simply aren't enough junior miner uh, companies to put in there. So they had to put silver in. And I noticed that Pan American Silver, for instance, is the fourth largest holding with a 5% position in that miner. So that kind of tells you that they have to put some of these silver guys in there too. So, but you're getting, you're getting both in that one right now. Um, and again, I'm having these weird flashbacks because I remember owning all of these and I think I owned Pan American Silver itself as a company at one point. So I don't know. I don't know what this means, Nina. Like, I don't know what goes around comes around and it could be time again for some of you know, the commodities, again, especially gold and silver here in 2020. Uh, yes, as you mentioned, uh, these are leverage plays on gold. Uh, so investors should always remember that they are much more volatile than gold and silver. And particularly the junior one is going to be even more volatile than GDX. Uh, but when gold goes up, they they do very well when gold goes down they do much worse than gold so if you invest in them look at your risk appetite and treat them as shorter term holdings in the portfolio these are not buy and forget investments for sure right for sure okay well we've covered we've covered all the hot areas today that was a lot <laughs> A lot is going on and ETFs are a great way to play a lot of these kind of trends um, because you do get like a basket of the companies in the certain area. You don't have to go out there and figure out like, hey, which gold miner should I be buying right now? Although a lot of people like to do that and that's fine too. But this way you just get exposure to some of these hot areas without um, quite you know, having to figure out like who is who in each industry. Right. And uh, one thing I would like to add that apart from all these hot areas, which are very popular with shorter term traders, but uh, when I looked at the, even at the Robinhood leaderboard, uh, I found that some of the very stable, very large uh, ETFs, broad ETFs, like VOO, which is the cheapest S&P 500 ETF, charges us three basis points. That is pretty popular on Robinhood. So a lot of day traders, newbie investors, they are investing in VOO. Another one is VTI, which is the total Vanguard total market ETF, which also charges just three basis points and basically provides exposure to the S&P to the entire stock market in the US, including large cap, mid cap, small cap, and micro cap companies. That is pretty popular on the Robinhood platform and QQQ too. So all these broad ETFs that are very good for investing for the longer term and which deserve a place in the core portfolios, they have also gathered a lot of assets this year from institutional investors, from ETF, models and also from you know newbie investors on platforms like Robinhood. So that is a really good and encouraging trend that yep. the newbie investors are not just investing in oil and marijuana and right. airlines, but they are <laughs> investing in these broad market ETFs too. 
Yeah, no, that is a good trend. So glad to hear it. Okay, well, we'll see what happens in the second half of this year and if some of these hot areas remain hot or cool off a bit and other other ones surge up there. Now I'm about to give the list of all the ETFs we discussed today. It's quite extensive. So I'm just gonna kind of, I guess, go down my notes here and see if I can hit them all. Okay, so we did discuss the gold trust, the GLD. We did the QQQs. We did the US oil fund, USO. Then we talked, we mentioned briefly just the technology ETF, the XLK, but we didn't really talk about it, but I'll list it here anyways. We did JETS, the US Global JETS ETF, JETS, the Alternative Harvest ETF, MJ, that's the cannabis one. We did the Round Hill Sports Betting and iGaming ETF, BETZ. We did the video gaming, we mentioned that one, NERD, N-E-R-D. We mentioned the S&P Oil and Gas EMP Bull two times, which is GUSH, good ticker, G-U-S-H. Then we talked about the Treatments, Testing, and Advancements ETF, GERM, G-E-R-M, as in Mary. And we also mentioned you could do the biotech ETF XBI or the IBB if you want something a little broader there. Then we mentioned work from home ETF that just launched WFH is the ticker. Uh, okay, moving on, we did the home builders. We mentioned those XHB and ITB. And then finally we moved on to the rest of the commodities, the gold and silver, the iShares, silver ETF SLV and if you want the cheaper version SIVR and then we already mentioned the gold ETF GLD but the cheaper version GLDM and then the gold miners GDX is the big gold miners and GDXJ is the junior gold miners and then uh, Nina just mentioned the Overall market index, the cheaper ones, the S&P 500, the Vanguard one is VOO, and then the total market Vanguard is VTI. Okay, I think we got all in there. Wow, we discussed so many. That's a lot, but a lot of good ideas, so people can go, you know, look on look them up on the Robinhood app and um, see what floats their boat. But a lot of things are hot right now. And again, the ETFs are a great way to play it. So uh, we're going to cover some more in the second half of the year. You want to be sure to subscribe to the podcast to get all the podcasts here. You can get us on Apple Podcasts and we're on Spotify. And of course, on SoundCloud, where most of you are getting us. But be sure to get it somewhere. And I'll see you again next week with some more stocks or ETFs. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.